You know, as we uh, continue to move on in this Advent season, I uh, saw someone uh, post this. I thought it was a really good uh, perspective to realize that Advent is about entering into a deep yearning for the salvation of God during dark times, anticipation of the grand salvation of his arrival in the form of a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes. I like this thought and mindset because uh, there's this season that we're in, and really uh, everyone's kind of a little bit different in this. Some of you may be walking into a very dark season because of the holidays and what that means and just some of the things that you've been through, the grief, the sadness, the loss, and that. Others are walking into it with just that reminders of just family and just the time getting spent together and the joy that that comes during this time. And others maybe just be the idea of just awaiting for uh, just the arrival of, of Jesus in the form of a baby reminds us again of his coming again. And those thoughts bring uh, just a sense of hope to you. There's, there's all these kind of mixed emotions that are just kind of thrown into the same pot. And the beauty, I think, of that is that God uh, is uh, not afraid of that. There's not anything that we should run from that, that we shouldn't try to ignore it or pretend that doesn't happen or that isn't going on. And we are reminded, even in our perspective, no matter if we're kind of in one just little little world or we're in one kind of little sec, uh, section that we realize that others are facing other things and we can step out and say, hey, just because I might not be experiencing this, others might be, and therefore maybe I can come alongside and help. All of this because of the foundation we have in the fact that a baby comes and Jesus is our Savior, is our hero. All these things remind us again of what we are going to be continuing to look at about these ageless lessons through the eyes of Mary that a 12 to 14 year old Jewish young girl from the first century is going to lead us in how to respond and how to interact in moments of uncertainty and unknown. In fact, we saw last week as we even looked at the idea that she recognized the value of her soul and its worship, its rejoice, and its ability to magnify the goodness of who God is. The fact is that we are uh, fully human, which means we have intellect, we have emotions, we have relationships, we have a physical body, all those things, and they're valuable and important, and yet we have a soul that is what will live on for eternity, and that soul has value in this moment that we take time to, to think about it, to care about it, to recognize it. In fact, if you've been around at all here at Refuge, you would know uh, that, again, here as Mary says this uh, the verses that we looked at last week. You would know, though, during Advent, we always show this picture. I love this picture. It's one of my favorite all-time pictures, uh, uh, especially during this season, as you see the difference between Eve and Mary. And we've uh, pointed out before just, uh, you know, the tenderness of Mary uh, reaching out to Eve as Eve has her head down, kind of in shame, but also looking at the hope she knows that is found uh, in Mary's belly there with Jesus. And then uh, the, the snake wrapped around Eve's leg, but Mary's stepping upon it because of Jesus. All these things is, is such a powerful reminder and just uh, deep theological truths of, of what Mary represents in this moment. And Mary recognizes this and, and seeing this is now going to look at in the rest of her song and what we're going to take time to look at is who is God and how do people react to him? 
We're going to look at who is God really specifically this week, and then we'll look at the next following weeks. How do people react to him? I think it's important as we do this. Notice how much, even in her uncertainty of what's going on, even though she was, was, was feeling, okay, God, whatever you have for me, she still didn't know everything that was going to happen. She knew that, that God had had chosen her. She knew that, that God was using her to, to bring the ultimate uh, hope and, and Messiah through her, but she didn't have all the details of what was happening. And then look what she says about her God in the midst of this song. Highlighted some of them there in yellow so you could pick it out uh, for sure. Sorry, I got to watch out for that light over there. But anyways, for he has looked on the humble estate of the servant. For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him. From generation to generation, he has shown strength in his arm. He has scattered the proud in their thoughts and their hearts. And he has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and his offsprings forever. What I love about what Mary does here is that when she can't clearly see around her, she focuses on clearly seeing God. Man, that is such a powerful thought. When we're in these moments, when we're not sure of what's happening on, going on, her focus was to clearly see God. And this song that she sings, as she recognizes that her soul will magnify and rejoice to God, she then begins to say, I want to know and see clearly who God is, so let me do that. And she lists these things, mighty, holy, merciful, power, justice, provider, helper, and healer. In fact, we can kind of look at these in three different sections. We'll look at the first three as the idea of kind of the the character of God. We'll see the second there as kind of the works of God. And we'll see the third one there as as the heart of God that she pulls out in this song, giving us that clarity of God, what we need in times when we're unclear. What does she know about the, the, the character of God? Well, <coughs> she already mentioned in verse 35 that she knew that the power of the Most High had overshadowed her. She knew that just the fact that she was uh, uh, pregnant from a virgin birth was demonstrating the power of God. So she knew the might of God. She also knew of the holiness of God. Because uh, it was first identified to her and it fulfills the prophecy of Isaiah 9, 6 when it talks uh, about, you know, wonderful counselor, uh, mighty God, uh, even, even the idea of uh, uh, the, you know, the uh, holy God. Uh, sorry, she mentions that in verse uh, 35 when Gabriel tells her that the holy one comes upon her and it's the holy is his name. And so she knows he's mighty and holy and yet she also recognizes it's his mercy that is extended from generations to generations. That the mercy that's come upon her is God reaching out and demonstrating that he has mercy upon her and humanity. She recognizes and and relies upon the character of God in this moment. 
One of the things that she's doing in this uh, song is she's looking back into history for answers about tomorrow. So I think we have to be very careful to not be so much detectives trying to figure out what God's doing in the moment or trying to figure out God's will for your life instead of being historians and seeing what do we already know about God and what we know about God we know is going to be true about today and tomorrow. And so for Mary, she recognizes and knows things about God when she says in verse 21, his strength in his arm he has scattered the proud and thoughts of the heart. He has brought down the mighty of, from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. She's directly referring to some historical events that took place in the Old Testament. Now again, Mary, 12 to 14 years old, but grew up in a Jewish faith, which was going to the temples, which was going through the feasts. All those things were geared towards pointing people to who God is. And if they were willing to, to, to hear that, if they were people that were ready to receive that, they would recognize like Mary would without that formal education, not a degree, didn't go to conferences, didn't read, you know, 50 books this past year. But she knew that those things were pointing towards God and a Messiah that would come and who God was. And so when you see a phrase like strong with arm, this is a, a reference to the Old Testament about God's outstretched arm. And it was used in ways that when he would demonstrate that he was God, no matter who the, the powers were in that day, whether it was Egypt or Babylon or whoever it may be, it would be God's outstretched arm reaching down and demonstrating his strength. Now this term would be used 17 different times in the Old Testament. Most notably, it was referred to uh, the idea of the Exodus. And the Exodus is a, is a beautiful picture of what is happening in this moment to, to Mary. Again, Moses was in a, in a little, little uh, basket floating down the mighty river of the Nile. Mary is, is conceived by a virgin birth, unprotected by Jewish law or unprotected by even marriage in that moment. And, and yet this is what God is using. Not only that, but uh, the 10 plagues in, in during the, uh, the Exodus were used to demonstrate God's outstretched hand to bring down the strongholds of that day, to, to show that Egyptian gods were, were nothing compared to God. And what we're going to see throughout the story of, uh, of Advent is that uh, King Herod and, and others are going to try to bring an end to, to the idea of Jesus or a baby uh, being born, and yet nothing can stop God because of his outstretched arm. His outstretched arm gives us this hope and this reminder that he's destroying strongholds. No matter what is going on in this day, no matter what's going on tomorrow, whatever's going to happen in the next 10, 20,000 years, whatever long God sees is to be good, is not going to be stronger or mightier than God. God's outstretched arm is destroying strongholds. And the greatest stronghold that you and I had or have is sins and death. And Paul so victoriously claims death. Where is your victory? Where is your sting? 
Because a, a baby, because a, a baby was born and it rose up and, and lived and died and was the perfect substitute, it destroyed the stronghold of death. Just like God destroyed the stronghold of the Egyptian army and the Egyptian gods and everything the Egyptians held dear, that, that humanity's slavery has been defeated because God's outstretched arm. You see, again, this is why we have such hope in this season. This is why even in the darkest of days, we still have light that gives us the victory over darkness. Well, Mary goes on now and gets into some personal ideas of who God is and his heart here in verse 53. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy and he spoke of our fathers to Abraham and to the offspring forever. Mary knows that she can put her hopes in the helping heart of God. We've said it before, we'll keep saying the same things over and over again. Hopefully they stick in our hearts, in our minds, but when we can't understand the hand of God, may we trust the heart of God. And Mary is trusting the heart of God in this moment that those who are hungry will be fed. Those that are needing of help, God will help them. Just as God saw Abraham, just as God heard those of the Old Testament were in need and he did something about it, he will hear her need. You know, the beauty of the idea of the imagery of a defined feast is used often uh, in Jesus to demonstrate the satisfactions of the kingdom. In fact, in Luke 22, in one occasion, he's talking to them, the disciples, and he says, I confer upon you a kingdom just as my father conferred one upon me so that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom. But there's something about the idea of hunger, even a part of the Beatitudes that uh, Jesus shared, that those who are hungry, those who are thirsty, will be satisfied. We're not going to be satisfied by just things of this life. We're not going to be satisfied by the temporal things, but we are going to be satisfied in an eternal way that goes beyond anything that, that even we can fathom and think about. We just ponder the idea of hunger and thirst. When we're hungry, we eat something and we're satisfied, but yet we all know we're going to be hungry again. Yet there's something here about the idea that Mary realizes that those who are hungry in an eternal state are going to be satisfied far greater than anything that this world can offer to them. And so why should she put her hope? Why should she think that this world will help her when it won't because it can't satisfy her eternal hunger? And so she realizes that it's Jesus that can do it. You see, as Christians, we must realize that our spiritual hunger is actually a blessed state. When we are spiritually unsatisfied by this world, that's a good place to be because we realize that we were made for something more. 
And so that, that eternal kind of longing, that eternal desire for something greater, that recognition, why does this world have to be this way? And why is this world so broken? And why is this world so filled with all this stuff? And what is God doing? That even kind of questions is a good thing when it puts us and directs us towards this idea that something greater and God is coming with something more. So this longing we have for, for the coming of Jesus is, is good. Now, again, we can, we can get a little off rails with it, and we can, we can kind of just hide in a corner and wait, or we can just kind of twiddle our thumbs and do nothing. No, we, we still have mission. We still have purpose. We still have joining in with what God is doing in this day and time, so we don't want to lose that. But we are always recognizing that we are not satisfied by this world. And so if you feel that, if you wake up in the morning and it just kind of stirs at you a little bit, or if you, you hear someone say something and it just aches in your bones and say, man, why is this? It's, that's, a, that's a good thing because we recognize that we are satisfied by something more. You see, no one wants to be hungry, yet we can find blessing in it because the blessing in that is that we are satisfied by our helping healer. And it brings us to that dependence upon God. God, I need you for this day, but also I need you for what's coming. And so Mary, in all these moments, lets us know, how can we be sure of this time? Well, we can be sure of this because of, again, her connection to history and Abraham and generations for generations. Notice how the ending of that, she says that it's Abraham and his offsprings and offsprings, and we recognize that, that the church is grafted into those blessings and that offspring and the fact that we are now God's people and he is our God, and so he is owning us and taking us in and bringing us into the family, and so we can know that even in the midst of this darkness that we are gods and he is going to take care of us and he is going to be our helper just like he has always been. You see, Mary sings of God's faithfulness and to mercy to Abraham and his offspring forever and we as the church, those who have come to know Jesus as their savior have been brought into that fold, into that family. Well, in all these things, what do we do? What are the lessons that we can learn from Mary? Well, Three things I think we can walk away from here. First thing, have clarity of God can give you clarity in the darkness. If you feel like you're in the midst of darkness, turn your heart and your mind attentive to God. I'm not saying that just as a, a, as a cure-all. I'm not saying that's going to fix all of your problems. I'm not saying everything else is going to go away. I'm not saying you don't need uh, uh, other things like community and family and professional help and other areas. Like, you need those things too. Like, those are used. God's given common goodness to us to use those things. But we need to be clear on God because we might not be clear in the moment of what's going on. Be clear on his character and his nature. Be as Jesus said and even the, 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 you know, the, our daily prayers to say, hallowed be thy name. When we say, hallowed be thy name, we are thinking of the nature and character of God. That's how we begin and that's how we think of everything. Who is God? And, and because of who he is, how will that give me the strength, the hope, the help, the, the need that I have for this day? Not only the clarity of God, but let history foretell the future. 
Let history be the thing to guide you for what's coming. As, as Mary looked back to the outstretched arm and saw what he did in, in the Exodus and all throughout the Old Testament, she knew that whatever was going to come against her, that God was greater. And I want to tell you that. I want to give you that confidence. Whatever is coming for you, God is greater than that. And there's nothing of strongholds. There's nothing of powers or principalities that can come against us that can defeat God. His outstretched arm will always be victorious. The third thing is just know that God helps. God helps. He is a helping God. And so in whatever we are in, God helps. I said three things. I kind of gave us a bonus one here this morning. There's actually a fourth one. I figured I'd get your attention. Three, you you know, that's what they say. Like three, we remember. Anyways, a bonus fourth one. Let us sing the same song. Let us be like Mary. Let us be as much as we can like Mary and just sing this song of who God is, trusting in what he's done and trusting in the heart of who he is. And let it be the song that you sing. Let it be the the echo of your life. Let it be, as we said last week, what your soul magnifies to the world around you. Let it be the thing that you rejoice in. And so whether you're moving into this season of of Christmas and you're looking forward to it or you're moving into it with with sadness and grief or or, or you're just moving into it with even an, an unknown, let your song sing of who God is and what he's done and where his heart is and lean into that.